Hey everybody, it's Lon Seidman. It's time once again for your weekly wrap-up. And this week I thought I would do a recap of the CES show, which of course was in person this year. As you all know, I got hit with a case of COVID right before I was supposed to go, but Jake went in my place. And I'll give you some thoughts on why I thought the in-person show was the right thing to do and what it looked like from an attendance perspective, along with some other thoughts too. Let's get to it. And before we jump into things, I know a lot of you were curious as to what I experienced having this virus, and this was an Omicron infection, most likely. Uh, the reason why I say that is that the symptoms that I experienced, which were for the most part cold symptoms, are about what everyone else with Omicron is experiencing. Uh, everyone is going to get exposed to this. It's going to be very hard not to be, uh, just because this, some people are saying, is as infectious as measles from the standpoint of how easily it transmits. Uh, the good news, though, is that it does appear to be milder, especially if you're vaccinated. Now, I was vaccinated and boosted. I got my booster shot back in October. I had the Pfizer shot. And out of the 16 people that we came in contact with over the holiday break, I am the only one who was symptomatic. My wife tested positive but had no symptoms, and everyone else was negative and symptom-free, including my two kids who are always on top of me all the time. Uh, they got their second shots back in December, no symptoms and negative tests for both of them. For the most part, as I mentioned, it just felt like a cold, a very bad cold, uh, but it never got into my lungs. My pulse ox was fine the whole week. I didn't even get a fever until like day three or four of this thing. And of note, I was doing those rapid tests during the first couple days of symptoms, and those were coming up negative. It wasn't until I was kind of on the other side of this that the tests started going positive. So if you are feeling like you have cold symptoms, there's a very good chance you probably have this thing because it is super contagious, it replicates quite quickly, and it results in the symptoms that I had even if you are vaccinated and even uh, if you had a prior infection. One of the neat things that the CDC does here in the U.S. is publish these reports of various clusters as they experience them throughout the country. Uh, this one I thought was interesting out of Nebraska. Uh, this guy, uh, who's the center of the article here, uh, was infected with Omicron very early on. He was not vaccinated, but he had a prior infection, and his symptoms were very similar to mine. He brought it home, and he got everyone else in his house sick. Uh, there were people in the house with him who had it before, about a year ago, who got it again, and some of those people were actually vaccinated. So there is you know, some changes going on with this virus as it mutates and evolves to react to what we're doing in our environment to prevent its spread. And I think this is going to be going on for the foreseeable future, if not forever, just like any other virus that's out there. And I think one of the reasons why it was a good thing for CES to get back in person this year is that we do have to learn to live with this. And I also think the vaccinations have been incredibly effective, especially when you look at all the data. Uh, this is coming from my home state of Connecticut. This is the uh, weekly mortality rates and variant after variant, uh, the death rate among people who are vaccinated is incredibly low compared to those who are not. And you could probably include people who had a prior natural infection in that vaccinated figure, but it's hard to measure those cases. Uh, but nonetheless, people that have exposure to this spike protein are going to be fine for the most part. It's the people that haven't been exposed to it yet that are at risk. But about half the world's population now has been vaccinated, and that does not include people who had natural infections and recovered. 
People are still going to get sick, but the outcome of those illnesses will not be as severe, but this will be just part of our ecosystem now, and we have to learn to live with it. And that is why I thought it was good that CES tried to do something to get us closer to normalcy again. And despite the fact that a lot of media were poo-pooing the idea of an in-person show, they went forward with it and had decent attendance, all things considered. Uh, so this year they had about 40,000 in-person attendees, and that included 1,800 members of the media, including one from this outlet. And the show uh, had 30% of the attendees traveling from outside the United States, representing 119 countries. A note here is that you had to be vaccinated to attend the show with one of the World Health Organization approved vaccines. And yes, there are probably a few people out there who decided to forge their certificates or whatever, but I would say a majority of the people attending were fully vaccinated and the risk level among the attendees was quite low. Now, 40,000 is a pretty good number, all things considered, but back in 2020, the show drew 171,000 plus people to Las Vegas, but it was also blamed as one of the first major super spreading events because they never really cared about uh, health all that much at this show. One of the running jokes of CES is that you get the CES flu when it's all over. And last time, a lot of us thought that's what we had. I came home with a 103.5 fever that persisted for a week. I was pretty sick along with everyone else I had contact with at the show. And this article from APM Reports speculates that this may have actually been COVID-19, one of the original variants of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if CES will require a COVID booster and or a flu shot before you can attend the show. And that might actually result in less CES flu in the future, which is not a bad thing. One of the things that really drove me crazy, though, was how the media just blew all of this stuff out of proportion. Look at these headlines that were published once that attendance number was announced here. USA Today saying CES 2022 conference plummets due to COVID-19 surge. And the Vegas Review Journal here saying that the attendance was down more than 75%. Uh, CES organizers were very clear up front that this is not going to be the same size of show as they've had in the past. It was going to be a lower key event just because we're stepping back into the water very cautiously here as opposed to going fully in. They did the responsible thing by having a lower scale show to start with here as we get back to normal. And I would say that most people who decided to go did go. And I don't think this Omicron surge led to a lot of cancellations beyond people like me who actually got sick with it. But of course, one of the biggest purveyors of fear-mongering was The Verge, who declared that the show was falling apart even before it started. But thankfully, the show did go on. It did not fall apart. And believe it or not, we got as much content this year as we typically do at CES. We were able to put together three dispatch videos. We found a lot of cool stuff on the floor. This is stuff that we may not have found in a normal year when there was a lot of other shiny objects to go chase after. So the smaller companies here really benefited, I think, from the smaller show. And I want to give a huge thank you to Jake Lindy, our producer, uh, who did go in my place. Typically, uh, we have Jake stay back here because what I do is go down to the show, record all the stuff I can find. I beam back all the footage and he edits it while I'm back out on the show floor the following day. And then that evening when I get back, we upload the prior day's dispatch. Uh, Jake said to me, hey, I'm willing to go. Would you like to send me? And I said, absolutely, Jake, let's get you out there. So we uh, sent him out last minute. 
and he did a great job covering the show. And a lot of you are curious what we did this year. So I sent him with my uh, Canon XA40 camcorder. I love this camera because it's very compact. It'll shoot 4K video. We only did 1080p this year. And one of the cool things about it is that it shoots just regular MP4 files. So we're able to basically just have him shoot all the raw footage back to me in full quality. And then I can uh, get to work editing it without having to do any video conversion. So that workflow uh, really worked out well. And what we did is we just had him overnight just drop all those files into a OneDrive bucket that I had set up on my account for this. And it worked pretty well, even on hotel Wi-Fi, primarily because there wasn't as many people in Vegas this year. I think if this was a normal year, uh, that would have been a much harder thing to do. Uh, the last day of the show, he had about 40 gigabytes of data to send to me. Uh, the hotel Wi-Fi kind of choked in the middle of the night, but he went over to the CES press center where they've got gigabit ethernet uh, at the press tables there, and he was able to get the rest of the files transferred over pretty quick for me. Now this camera has a really nice XLR audio interface on it, so Jake brought the handheld mic with him to the show. He would hand it to the media reps at the table to talk about their products, and I used that information to convey to you what uh, we were seeing at the show. Not as good as being there, of course, where I would normally just be talking into the mic, but it was close and I think it worked out fairly well. Our rule this year, though, was that we only wanted to cover companies that actually showed up in person. And just to show you how lame some of these shows can be when companies don't show up, this was the LG booth this year. They put down a bunch of plywood with these QR codes. They wanted you to download an app and then point it at these codes so you could get some AR ideas to what they were trying to exhibit. This just did not work, and there was no LG staff to be seen in this exhibit. A real waste of space and money, if you ask me, especially when their competitors were doing full-blown booths with a lot of new products like we saw uh, from Samsung and TCL and others. So I'm hoping that this is not going to be what CES will be in the future and that next year we'll have slightly larger attendance with more companies in person showing what they are all about. Now, unfortunately, though, viewership on CES coverage this year was way down. So if we look at CES 2020, we produced the same number of dispatches, but we had about 186,000 views uh, between all the different videos that we produced there. Uh, this year, even though we had the same number of dispatches, we only got about 24,000 views. And in looking across some of my colleagues who did manage to get to the show, uh, their traffic was down quite a bit as well, although they did a little bit better than I did. And I think the reason for that is that people like to see me at the show reporting on it as opposed to me sitting here and just telling you what Jake saw. So I think in the future, I will be going back because it's really important to cover these events in person. I think it just adds more credibility to the reporting. And of course, it's just fun to be there to see all of this stuff. And CES for me is not only about content creation though, it is about networking. And it's important as a small channel like mine to be seen because that's how you build your relationships, not only with brands and with PR agencies or whatever, but also uh, with fellow creators. So I am really eager to get back out there again if it's not apparent already. I was really bummed out that I was not able to go, especially because I was getting everything ready to head out there right before I got sick. But I think next year will be the year uh, that we'll be back in person at CES in Las Vegas. But I would love to hear from you, though, what you thought of the coverage. I think it actually went pretty well, all things considered, 
again, I was really uh, proud of the work that Jake did, and he really worked his tail off uh, bringing you all of this stuff. And he was there all by himself, and he had never been to CES before. So he really, uh, I think, navigated things quite well for a rookie. Uh, let me know again what you thought, though, down in the comments below. And this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you. And we did a Christmas Eve super chat right before I began my vacation and my illness, and Mark Dell contributed during that particular live stream. And we also got a bunch of new supporters over the last week and a half or so. I wanna thank Ben Houghton and my dad, Sandy Seidman, who contributed via my donor box page. Austin Mackert contributed via Patreon. And M0BUSACE contributed via Floatplane. I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly. And I wanna thank everyone who contributed this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who watch on a regular basis too because all of those things equal channel growth. And if you wanna support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. We do support Floatplane along with the YouTube membership program and Patreon. And then of course my donor box page, which you'll find at that support link. There's other channels where you can find me on, including my extras channel for supplementary content and unboxings. And don't forget my Amazon page where we do a lot of live streams and most of my video content also appears on that Amazon page ad free. We have some ways to engage with the channel, including my very infrequent email list. We've got the Facebook group and the Discord, which are all growing community centers to connect with me and other fans. And then of course we have my store where I sell previously used items that I reviewed here on the channel. And if you wanna get an update every time we update the store, you can sign up for a separate email list at lon.tv slash store alert. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap up. I am feeling a lot better and I'm now omni boosted on top of everything else I've been boosted for. So I'm ready to take on the world again. Until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching and I'm looking forward to a great 2022. We'll catch you next time. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including gold level supporters, Hot Sauce and Video Games, Brian Parker, Chris Allegretta, Tom Albrecht, Thomas Anfang, Jim Tannis, and Handheld Obsession. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv s.